0: content of this podcast is provided as general informational purposes only it is not intended for nor should it be used to replace professional behavior intervention and advice this is sissy
1: and this is susan and we are function
0: junction behavior
1: matters happy new year everybody happy new year yes it's just before new year that we'll be posting this right yeah just before new year so welcome We hope you had a great 2022 and we know that 2023 is going to be so much better than 2022. If it wasn't great, if 2022 was great, then it's going to be even greater. So you guys probably know that Sissy and I like to kind of look at the science or the behavioral history of why we do the things that we do in our culture. And one of the things that a lot of people are getting ready to do are or is sorry to make New Year's resolutions. Do you make them, Sissy?
0: Um, I did for many, many years. And in recent years, I've started framing it a little differently. I mean, I don't know about you, and I am a little ashamed to admit this, but my New Year's resolution was always to lose weight. Oh. Always. And, you know, I guess you finally get to a place in your life where you realize, I just need this body to do what it's supposed to do. And it serves me pretty good. So now I will be more about... I've had years where it was, you know, um, make sure you share kindness at least once a day, oh, yeah. which I prefer those kind. But
1: yeah, anyway. I do too. Gail Sheramy taught me those a long time ago, just to do something nice for people and, you know, try not to make it about yourself. But anyway... So have you, uh, I don't know, because I did some research and you had better luck with finding the history of New Year's resolutions. Can you talk about that for a minute?
0: I I can. I can. It goes all the way back to the ancient Babylonians, and they were really the first to make New Year's resolutions. That's like 4,000 years ago or something like that. And it would be... During a festival, they would proclaim their loyalty to the new king or reassert their loyalty to the reigning king. And then they also made promises to the gods to pay their debts and return the objects that they had borrowed for, you know, the planting and all those things that they did. And so those were really the beginnings of resolutions, wanting the gods to favor them. And then during Julius Caesar's time, when he sort of created Our calendar, there is a two-faced God that basically was representing January. And you sort of think of that as one face looking forward and one face looking back. So naturally, there would be some looking back on what the past year was like, and then looking Mm -hmm. forward to what you wanted the coming year to look like. And uh, yeah, yeah. And he, they would, again, promise to the gods things that they were going to do differently so that then the gods would do good things
1: for them. Well, oh, that's interesting. And, uh, so that does make sense. So looking back on what I didn't like about last year and making plans to change that. Okay, that makes sense.
0: Yeah, so that's our history of where we got to it. Also, in some Christian churches, they will have a watch night on New Year's Eve, and they'll spend time praying and talking about what their resolutions are for the coming year. So There seems to be a very uh, religious overtone, but it also says that there are plenty of people who make New Year's resolutions that are not religious at all. I also found that there was one that talked about New Year's resolutions from 1947. It was on the Almanac that talked about that. In 1947, the number one was improve my disposition, be more understanding, and control my temper. Uh smoking's on there, saving money's on there, drinking less is on there, being more religious is on there, better health, which I I can go along with that, because better health is not the same as losing weight.
1: Correct. But yeah,
0: number one on ours nowadays is lose weight, get organized. Those are in order. Smoking is still on there, getting healthy and fit is still on there. One is enjoy life to the fullest, which that's not a bad, that's not a bad resolution.
1: That's a good one. I was looking and, you know, it seems like the biggest articles that I could find were why do New Year's resolutions fail? You know, why do we make them and they always fail? And they talked about, you know, the vast number of resolutions that are made are not kept. And I think, you know people have kind of shifted. I remember asking a friend of mine, he's a realtor. I was like, do you do resolutions? He goes, no, we do goal setting now. And I, he reminded me of it because I got an email from him, like a mass, you know, email a couple of weeks ago about his goals for his career and things like that. But anyway, I feel like, you know, why do we do resolutions? Well, for me, I don't really do them anymore. But when I used to, I did it because, you know, as most people, we have bad habits, right? And we want to change those habits. And so we make all these goals to do things like, you know, you lose weight, have a better disposition, smoke less, drink less, eat better, blah, blah, blah. And it seems like the reason we fail is because maybe those resolutions are too steep or too broad or not operationalized enough such that, (laughs) you know, when you think about we'll lose weight, well, what does that mean? Does that mean I want to be 20 pounds skinnier by next, the end of this year? Or does that mean, you know, I want to eat more fruits and vegetables, right? Or, you know, like saving money or make more money, save more money, make more money. Well, like, what does that look like? You know, and if you just say, I'm going to be more prosperous or I'm going to lose weight or I'm going to get healthier, you know, that seems so vague and so broad that. That's probably why we fail because we don't make it measurable, right? So, like for me, example, I was thinking about this the other day. You know, I do exercise a little bit, not nearly as much as you do, but I thought, you know, maybe once this freeze passes, I'll start with just, you know, walking around the block one time and then walking around the block two times. And then by the end of January, I'll help you know, walk around the block five times or something like that. And to me, that's so much more doable than saying I'm going to get healthier or I'm going to be like sissy yeah. and run marathons. I'm not. It's just not going to happen. I've done one you in my could. life.
0: You absolutely could, especially yeah. if you went to Disney to do it.
1: <laughs> well, that's where I did the only one and only one that I've ever done before. But my point is, is that I think for me, and I think a lot of people would agree that You know, when we make resolutions that are so broad and so steep that it's easy by February or March to say, oh, screw it. You know, I'm going to have that Mexican food or that margarita or spend that money that I shouldn't spend or what have you. So, you know, one solution might be to have more measurable goals like on my grocery list for this week. I do have. To buy more fruits and vegetables, which in turn will hopefully make me eat more fruits and vegetables, yeah. not you know lose ten pounds or get thin, get skinny, or you know whatever. Um, so I was thinking about you know our behavior and our animals' behavior, and we joke <laughs> all the time that we can't change cats' behavior, and I am determined to change my cat's behavior because he has this behavior where. If I'm sitting on the couch in the place that I do, which most of you, if you know me, you know where this place is, it's on the side of my couch, and there just happens to be a large painting next to that on that wall. And so Sydney, when he wants to be scratched, he will butt his head up against the corner of that painting and make it move. which would not be so annoying, but there happens to be a nail in the back of the painting in the corner. I guess John, John Palmer did it, and I guess it's a big painting. And so maybe he did that, put the nail in it to secure, you know, the folds on the back or what have you. But anyway, so the nail scrapes. And so what do I do? I scratch Sydney's head to make him stop doing that which is as you know reinforcing an inappropriate behavior. So, why do I do that? Well, cuz I want him to stop moving that nail on the back of the painting, right? So, I started thinking about it and I'm like, I am not I'm not doing this anymore, right? So, <laughs> we know that the motivating operation is for him because he wants his head scratched, right? Yes. Yes, okay. <laughs> and then the antecedent is me sitting there right? And then the behavior is him moving the art with his head, like nudging it. And then the consequence is I scratch his head. So I was thinking, okay, what do I need to do differently? So I guess I could ignore his behavior, but we all know that when we put something on social extinction, it gets worse before it gets better, which is not something that I can do. I could put it on DRO where I could reinforce the absence of the behavior. So if he's just sitting there, you know and maybe he makes a, a meow sound maybe i can scratch him for that communication alternative communication versus mm-hmm. moving the thing and then i was talking to somebody and they were like you could spray water in his face i was like no i would never do that we don't use aversives with our animals or our kids but so I'm gonna really try to change my behavior to change Sydney's behavior and I will let you know how that works because right now that behavior makes me crazy and I'm totally <laughs> reinforcing it. So that's a silly New Year's resolution, but I was thinking about I was thinking about this this behavior that I do. And I am part one of those people who overshares. Do you know other people like that? Where you ask them a simple yes no question and it's <laughs> like 10 minutes later. So I was in physical therapy a couple of weeks ago and the girl asked me like, a literally like, yes, no question. And it just went on and, on, and on, and on. and I go, I'm sorry. No, the answer is yes. You know, that's all I had to say. And she goes, I know I'm an overshare too. And I was like, okay. So anyway, last week I was talking to George who's one of the guys that I supervise who I adore. And he asked me a very simple yes, no question. And it was like, <laughs> for like ten minutes. Why do I do that? Because we can figure. I, I, I don't know. I, I would say
0: we talk all the time about that we are connection-driven creatures, right? I mean, as humans, we value the connection, and and that it, to me, it could be a piece of connecting. You know that you're sharing information to
1: feel connected
0: to the people. I
1: mean, I think but in so. In terms of function, it's not attention. I don't do it for attention, but I don't. No do
0: connection it. versus. Not that you want their attention, that you want to feel connected to them. You know? I know, but that's not a function of behavior. You know, I guess it could be a STEM behavior and there's a sensory component <laughs> to it. I don't know. I mean, I, I do think, well, I know that I have, I overshare from time to time myself. So I don't know. And I did it in physical therapy the other day too, because the gal that usually does my therapy wasn't there. And they had me wait outside rather than come on in, which is the way it had been. And a man that was going to be doing my therapy that day came out and acted like I had been dismissed. And I was like, okay, well, then just go ahead and take those others off. I'm out of here. And he's like, hang on just a minute. Mm-hmm. And then when he started explaining to me what was going on, I just dumped everything that was frustrating <laughs> me about the pain in my
1: back, which he didn't need to hear at all. But, <laughs> well, maybe he did. But you did know. that, I mean, not for connection, maybe you did that for attention or to get, you know, to escape the, the yucky feelings that you were feeling inside of frustration. Or there, uh,
0: probably, yeah, probably a need to escape that feeling. But yeah, I don't know whether I was trying to gain access to physical therapy or gain freedom from not having to worry about all this stuff, which, you know, walking away from physical therapy isn't going to change the pain in my back. <laughs> so yeah, we are pretty crazy with all the things that we think about our own behavior and try to figure out our own behavior. But um the almanac site also had some things about writing a New Year's resolution that you might actually be able to keep. And one of them oh. was avoid wording your resolution negatively. So instead of saying, stop I want to stop sharing. writing my nails, you would say, I want my nails to grow. And then you could oh. take a picture of your nails once a week and show that your nails are growing. Um, yeah. The other thing that I thought was interesting, and I would have to try to figure it out for myself where it would fit, but it was set aside time to reflect on how it's going. So if you drink coffee every morning, maybe when you're having your coffee, you're just going to make a few little notes about how the resolution is going or any other, if there's another time that you sit down with your calendar to review your calendar, could you just make a few notes, then something that you could just squeeze into your regular routine that mm. you already have.
1: Which That's I think good. So it's kind of being accountable. But also shaping your behavior, using your nail example, you know, and then reinforcing your behavior for not biting them or for letting them grow. Those are good ideas. And those go back to behavior as well.
0: And then the next one was keep it simple, which we already kind of talked about that. I mean, they didn't we don't usually we talk about it being observable and measurable, which to me, keeping it simple is a piece of that. Um, So pick a goal which you truly think will make you feel better, you know? So yeah, like one of them was instead of worrying about, and you sort of mentioned this already about eating more vegetables. One of the ones I want to eat more interesting salads. Well, that's gonna push you to like, okay, here's my salad. What am I gonna add to it to make it fun? I love that idea. That's a good one. Yeah, They, they talked about specific and measurable, which you talked about that too already. Then think about what are the obstacles that are getting in your way. If so, if your goal is that you wanna make sure you take your vitamins and medicines every day, then maybe you get one of those little fillers and fill Mm -hmm. it up and you can see whether you've done it or not. And then define them in time-bound kinds of things like you're going to, and you said that up too, we're gonna review and see how it's going and regroup when it doesn't go well. (laughs) <laughs> that's the
1: harder one. I think maybe that's the reason people's behavior fails is that we don't stop and go, okay, you know, my goal was this. And so rather than, you know, it's kind of like when you have kids on token economies where you lose and gain reinforcers, you know, and the kid starts out in the morning and it's nine o'clock and he's already lost all his tokens. And there's no reason, you know, he's like, well, why bother? I'm not, I am mean, why, why? the rest of the day? Because. And it's that same thing, like, well, I've already gained five pounds and I wanted to lose 10, so forget it. I'm just going to keep, I'm just going to, you know, I was doing better when I didn't have a resolution or something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So regrouping. Yeah.
0: yeah. So uh, changing up your routine makes me think about Sid. My cat. Yeah. That maybe if you sit in a different place oh. where approaching you isn't near the picture.
1: I thought about that. I also thought about pill- putting a pillow up there so that he couldn't you know, get on it. You could do both: put a pillow and move away that space. I could just get up whenever he does that and walk away. That would be a true form of extinction. But like I don't you know. Said, I'll have to try the ideas we've talked about. But um, yeah. anyway, uh, again, everybody, happy New Year! Kind of a silly uh, ending to 2022. So the question is: using Sydney's uh, example of moving the art, put the following in the correct order, antecedent behavior consequence. Option A is moving the artwork, wanted a scratch, getting a scratch. Option B is me sitting there, wanting a scratch, moving the artwork. Option C is getting a scratch on the head, me sitting there, moving the artwork, And option D is me sitting there, moving the artwork, getting a scratch.
0: That sounds so much like a test question (laughs) because you're like, all the components are there, but they're different each time. And what are they? And the other thing, that one should probably be on the test because there are behaviors to consider, right? I mean, there's the cats and yours, and your behavior is impacted by the cat's, and the cat's behavior is impacted by yours. So, hmm, all right. So I'm going to go with, and you're going to fix me if I'm wrong, but the the D, where you were there, you signal that reinforcement is available. Correct. He then moves the artwork, because in the past... Moving the artwork made you pet him, and that's the ultimate goal. So he moves the artwork, and then you pet him.
1: That's right. Leave something out. That's right. I was going to make it four-part include the motivating operation, but I decided not to. But the motivating operation would be that he wants a scratch. But anyway, yes, it is D. I'm sitting there. He moves the artwork and I scratch his head. And so let's see if Mike can check and change mine and the cat's behavior before 2023. I know everyone will have bated breath.
0: <laughs> and Okay. And so if the motivation, motivating operation had been on there on the test question, it could have been tricky in that for the cat, the MO is wanting a scratch. For you, the M.O. is don't scratch my wall with the nail. <laughs> right? mm. So that could have been a tricky one, too. So That's those are a things good just one. to think about if you're taking the test, if you're not taking the test. We certainly hope that you have a wonderful new year and that you slide into it with fun things going on. And um,
1: yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Thanks, everybody. Uh, Next week, we'll have a great conversation with two aspiring behavior analysts. So we hope you'll listen as always. Thanks so much. You can always rate and review us on the podcast app that you use. And a shout out to Troy Payne and Joe Carter, our executive producer. Happy New Year. Take care. Bye.
0: Thanks, guys. Bye.